What's up, everybody? My name is Michael. Welcome back to my podcast where we talk about all things health, wealth, and self-improvement. And in today's podcast episode, I want to be talking about depression and more specifically depression in the younger population because I think we can all attest that as summer is approaching an end, uh, going back to school is going to look a lot different this year. You know, with the whole pandemic, I don't think most schools are having in-person classes, and if they are, it's probably going to be a hybrid. So part of the class classes are going to be online. The other part is going to be like face-to-face. But even those face-to-face classes, you know, they're not going to be full capacity. So you might have like, let's say eight people in a class at a time, and you're going to be six feet apart. So there's going to be I don't know. It's it's just going to look completely different. I feel so bad for all of the college kids out there because college is supposed to be an experience, you know. You're supposed to it's supposed to be the best 4 years of your life. And I kind of feel like everybody like I was talking to my sister about this the other day, and I was like, "Man, I feel so bad for your kid." Like my summers were eventful. They were enjoyable. I was outside hanging out with friends every single day. And her kid hasn't been able to do any of that this summer because of the pandemic. It's like her kid sits inside all day, not because she's lazy or anything, but because there's nothing she can do. Like, it's not even enjoyable to go outside with having to wear a mask everywhere you go. Like, I just went out to the mall today and it was, I don't know, there was just this vibe. I was like, people, get away from me. I don't want to get sick. And... You know, going back to college, I like I said, I feel bad because it's supposed to be the best four years of your life. And I feel all of those students out there are kind of getting gypped in a way, especially the kids at Harvard that are paying $55,000 a year to go to school online. That just does not seem right to me. But anyhow, I want to get back on topic here. Like I said, we're going to be talking about depression and mental health in college age students because it is going to be different and there are going to be people people out there who struggle this year especially with all of the changes with everything going on um and really because like I did some research and found out that 44 percent of American college students report having symptoms of depression and as a result of that many contemplate suicide each year 75% of students who suffer from depression do not seek help for their mental health problems. And suicide is the third leading cause of death among college students. I get that this is not a fun conversation to have, but it's a conversation that we need to have. Because any life that is taken due to depression could have been prevented. Part of that is being able to open up and to talk about it and to share the experiences that we, we've had. Like for me, going through college, I had experienced depression. I mean, there were so many other issues as well, but I somehow found the strength to make it through that time and was fortunate enough to come out on the other end, you know, a happier and better person. So now I feel like it's my responsibility to give back in a way because I want others to realize that, hey, if I found the strength to overcome or manage my mental health during college, so can you. Like, I'm no different than anybody else out there. I don't have any superpowers. I don't have, you know, there's really nothing 
other than being me, I don't have any ability that makes me overly special. And I don't mean that in a way to bash myself. I'm just saying anybody out there can overcome their depression, can overcome any mental illness. They just got to be willing to talk about it and willing to seek help. So one in seven men, just to give you a little more statistics, one in seven men between 16 and 24 experience depression or anxiety every year. And I mean, this is like, you're only getting men that reported this. Some men are going to say that they don't have depression or didn't experience anxiety when they really did. And that's the stigma that I'm really trying to help end because it's, you know, it's not fun. So I want to share with you guys a little bit about my story with depression. It For me, it all started when I went to college. High school sucked. I think, like, I don't know how else to say that. High school was absolutely horrible. I was one of the kids that tried to be a jock in high school, but it never really worked out for me. And most of the time, I just ended up getting picked on and teased. Um, I can laugh about that now because uh, I I just look back and cringe at some of the things that I did just to get attention in high school. But high school, uh, I don't want to go back to that time ever. I never want to have to relive that. So I went to college and I made it my goal in college to really change. And by that, I wanted to create a new identity for myself, fit in with the cool kids, just be one of the cool kids for the first time in my life. Um, And I really, like, the only reason I got into my first college was because of my parents. They contacted their alma mater and said, hey, we're big donators, but our son, you know, didn't have the best... GPA in high school and got a 17 on his ACTs. Uh, another thing, <laughs> another thing that I did wrong in high school. But um, yeah, so really, my choices for college were limited, and this college was about three hours away from my house. Mind you, I'm the biggest mama's boy and daddy's boy there is. I, th- I don't even know if that's like the correct terminology, but. Like, my parents are my best friends, and so being three hours away from them and three hours away from the place I wanted to be, that really took its toll on me. The first year, I was able to get through it, but, like, the second year I went there, I don't know what it was. I just remember going through this depressed episode, and there would be days where I would do nothing but look at a wall for six or seven hours a day, like... By the time I finally snapped out of it, I looked at the clock and I was like, wow, there's the whole day. And I was doing nothing but just sitting and staring at a wall. That has, like, that's how bad my depression got. And so finally just got to the point where I was like, I can't do this. I got to transfer schools. I had boosted my GPA enough to, like, enroll into a state school closer to my house. That, again, was a mistake. So... The first semester after I transferred was fantastic. Like, I was living with friends from high school. We were living in a super nice apartment. I was going to class. I was getting decent grades. And when I say decent grades, I mean, like, Bs and Cs. So, decent, but kind of not at the same time. Um, But then, like, that summer, after my sophomore year of college... I came home and started working out and exercising because 
I wanted to put my depression to an end, and I thought that a way to do that would be to get healthy again. By the time I was in my sophomore year of college, I think I weighed 199 pounds. Yeah, so I saw the number on the scale. It was like 199.6. And at that time, I made a promise to myself. I was like, okay, no matter what you do, you're not going to see the number on the scale go to 200 pounds or above. And I mean, that's not a bad weight. 200 pounds isn't a bad weight, but for like my height at the time, I think it was like 5'7 or 5'8. I was a short college kid. But it wasn't muscle. I had, like, no muscle. It was literally, like, I mean, I don't know. It was just a lot of Taco Bell, a lot of Chipotle, a lot of McDonald's. Like, I wasn't caring about what I ate, what I drank. And, like, I didn't drink a lot of alcohol those first two years of college. But it was just, like, 12, 12 packs of soda. Like, I would go to the store and just get super sugary energy drinks, soda, candy, chips, Like, there was nothing that I wouldn't eat and really just didn't feel good about myself. And so I kind of made it a goal to start trying to lose weight or start getting in shape. You know, I was slowly starting to watch what I ate. I was starting to, like, I would work out every single day in my dorm room. I would YouTube search Insanity. I don't know if you guys remember what Insanity was, but it was like, one of those home DVDs that was supposed to just get you absolutely jacked. And so I was doing that every single day along with another home DVD workout. Um, And that, I mean, like, that really started to get me in shape. I hadn't changed anything with my diet at that point. It was solely just working out. And I think by the time I had left for summer... I weighed like 175 pounds, so I had probably dropped, no, it was probably like 180, because I think I had dropped 20 pounds in the last two months of college, but then when I got home for summer, I really wanted to start ramping everything up, like work, I was fortunate in the fact that I didn't have to work a lot in the summer, I was a sandwich delivery guy, so shout out to Jimmy John's, um, but like the shift for only 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. every single day, so it wasn't anything that was over the top and that gave me a lot of free time you know to essentially do whatever it is that I wanted to do in the mornings I would go for I think like four mile runs and then do both the DVD workouts in my basement and then after work would probably go for another run again and by the time I had finished that summer by the time that summer had come to an end I think I had dropped a total of 40 or 45 pounds so in the span of six months I went from weighing 199 pounds to weighing I think was 155 so I mean that's a pretty big difference like 45 pounds in six months is a pretty noticeable difference and then I went back to college for what would have been my junior year and I was living you know, a super shitty apartment. Like, I, I regret living in this apartment 100%. I had gone from living in the nicest apartment on campus to living in... Oh, man, I like I would have traded a dorm for this apartment. It was just nasty everywhere. Just didn't feel safe, didn't feel comfortable. And it was, like, a lot of older people, too. Like, it was a normal apartment building. But it was just super... Not low income, but it felt that way. 
I did not have a good experience with that. And then mix that with losing weight and being like super self-conscious about gaining weight back. Like I wasn't going out with friends at that time because I didn't want to like waste all of the hard work and time that I had put into losing that weight. So wasn't going out, wasn't really having fun, was more focused on dieting and exercising and there was a gym right across from my apartment so I was like living there basically and eating out of Tupperware containers um so that really just didn't help like just kind of took my whole mindset and everything just kind of at that point went to shit real quick part of my language but I mean it just really wasn't fun like I was not living the college experience that I wanted to have. And I ended up getting severely depressed. And then those episodes of just doing nothing but staring at walls started coming back. And there, like, it was so hard to even get out of bed in the morning. Like, I would just sit there and not want to do anything for the rest of the day. The only thing I wanted to do was exercise and eat healthy food because I was so worried about my image and a lot of this had come from the fact that I was trying to prove all of those kids from high school wrong like I had gone to a school where I transferred to a school where a lot of kids from my high school were and so part of reinventing myself at that point had been okay I'm going to show you that hey what you did to me back in high school you know as silly and childish as it sounds now but like That was my motivation because I wanted to prove all of the kids that had picked on me in high school. I wanted to prove them wrong. I wanted to say I'm fit now um, because being fit somehow was going to change my popularity status. At least that's what I had concluded in my mind. By the way, it really didn't. Um, But like that was my motivation. And what I had failed to realize at the time is that while those kids were out there having fun in college and having that college experience, I was so focused on what they thought about me that they had not only taken away from my high school experience, but they were also taken away from my college experience. The only difference between the two is that I was now paying $20,000 plus to go to college to have the same shitty experience. Like, that was not fun. So, two months after I started my junior year of college, I finally just caved and like I'd gone to therapists for those first two months and counselors couldn't figure out anything like I still had those depressed episodes of not wanting to do anything so I finally found the strength to go to the school doctor and just told him like hey everybody in my family's had depression I'm pretty sure I have depression I've tried to fight it off as long as I could but like, I, that was my last resort. Admitting I had depression or finally wanting to seek help was my last resort. But I had no other choice. Like, it had finally all just caught up with me. And finally got put on medication because the counseling and therapy really didn't do anything for me. So, ended up getting put on medication, but that still, like, wasn't helping me enough. And so, three months into my junior year of college, I ended up moving back home. For the last month and a half of that semester was commuting 45 minutes to and from each day 
Like, and that's just on the days that I had the motivation to go to class. I mean, I think by the time, you know, looking back at it, I probably skipped half the classes just because I wasn't in the mental capacity to go to school. I'm super happy, super thankful that I didn't end up flunking out and that some of my professors were actually, like, super understanding. I told them, like, I informed them of what was going on, just the emotions that I was feeling and having to commute and they were pretty reasonable in the sense that I wasn't getting docked for not being at class um they would let me do the assignments online and turn them in online or email them to them because they knew the severity of it like I'd gone from being super happy and achieving classes to barely showing up and barely making it by um and that was the last semester I was at that school so the first school I had attended, I was there for a year and a half. The second school I had attended, I was there for a year. And then I ended up transferring again. And this was to a school in a different city, about 45 miles away from my house. But it was a city that both my parents had worked in. So I knew that like, if I was having a bad day, I was about five minutes from either of their works. And so I would just like pop on a train, go see them. And that I thought was going to help. And it, I mean, it really did help. Like that was probably finding that third school was the best decision, the best school. And I really thrived there. I was there for two and a half years. And yes, I took the five year college route, but I was at that school for two and a half years. Those were the best two and a half years of my college experience, hands down. There's no other way to say it. I had made so many new friends. I had gotten a social life back. I was going out on the weekends and really just having fun. And like, even at that school, I had made the dean's list. I think out of the five semesters I was there, I made it four semesters. So I'd gone from being like a B and C or a C and D student. Now, I don't think I got any Ds. I did fail one class in college, but that was science class and I don't do science um but I ended up getting A's and B's and everything and I made the Deans list I was playing college golf you know everything was going well like I was I still had depression I was still experiencing depression but it wasn't nearly as severe as it had been in the past um come graduation day or the day what was it five years in my parents ended up moving from Minnesota to Utah and I made the decision, like, I was going to go with them. I wanted to start new. I was done with college at that point, or almost done, so I just did, like, one class online. But really wanted to put the past behind me, go out and create a new reality, create a fresh reality. I got to Utah, did not go as planned. I felt so alone, had a difficult time making friends, and had just fallen into this rabbit hole again of doing nothing but getting up, going to work for six hours, working out right after work. I worked at a health club, coming home, playing video games the rest of the day, and it just got super repetitive. I was living with my parents. I wasn't making any friends. And I mean, that's on me. I wasn't putting myself out there. But it did not last long at all. I 
remember the day. Like, it got into the point where I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I have to move back to Minnesota. I have to have, like, some sense of familiarity. The day before I was supposed to leave, my parents had ended up going on this retreat, and they had begged me to go with. And I kept saying no. I kept saying no because, like so many college kids out there, I was in such a bad spot mentally that this was the day that I was planning to take my life. It was the day that it was like the closest I've ever gotten. And this, again, it's not something that's enjoyable to talk about, but it's something that I need to talk about because there are so many people out there who can relate to this. I don't know what my mom had forgot that day. I think it was something like a small water bottle that she forgot. And so they had left the house. I was, you know, really at that point just breaking down because, like, I had honestly thought that this was going to be my last few minutes alive. I don't know why my mom came back, but she did. And... She came back, saw me curled up on the floor, just bawling because, again, like this is, I I thought this was going to be my last day alive. And all of the emotions were just like starting to release. And that's the point that she looked at me and she's like, no, you're coming with. There's no questions. She didn't trust me at that point. She didn't trust me being home alone. She knew the mental state that I was in. I mean, everybody in my family has experienced depression, so that helped her realize, like, hey, my son's not all right. And I'm so thankful, so thankful that day that they turned around. Because had they not have turned around, I honestly have doubts that I would be here today talking about this. Um, Yeah, so I ended up going with them that afternoon and actually had a decent day. It was actually a good afternoon, especially given where it had started. Um, But the next day, I ended up moving back to Minneapolis. That's originally where I'm from. Uh, That was, again, something that I thought was going to be good. It was good. It was actually really good. Uh, Not as good as I anticipated. I thought I was going to come back and pick up right where I had left off. You know, like enjoying my last two years of college, having friends, being the cool kid. Like, here's, here's the deal. Like, this is scary. I had gone from being the kid in high school who was picked on all the time, who was bullied, who had no friends, to the kid that was getting straight A's and B's in exercise science classes and some of my best friends in college were the quarterback of our like our college football team and the tight end so i was going into parties people would look at me because i'm so much smaller than really anybody out there people would look at me and i would kind of like i don't want to say pick fights because that just sounds douchey but i just walked around with an ego because i knew no matter where i was i was going to have people behind me Like, I was that kid in college that I wasn't, like, overly popular, but I'd made friends with all the right people. So I knew at this point, like, I was pretty much in college untouchable. And it's crazy to think, like, that's 
what had happened given where I was at in high school in the first few years of college. Like I was had no friends and then I had the last two years kind of reverse the roles and was the cool kid or was part of the popular group. Like, it, I don't know, it was super weird and don't really have an explanation for it. Um, but I thought I was going to go back to Minnesota after I moved back from Utah and just pick up right where I left off. You know, have all of those friends, like everybody was going to be like, oh, you're back, welcome, yada, yada, yada. Little did I know that the six months that I was in Utah, everybody had found jobs uh, starting families of their own and really, like, wasn't into the whole party hangout scene all that much anymore um and so for me like it was kind of a hard transition back to a place that i'd called home for so long i found a job at just like a local retail store and then six months later ended up finding a job for the corp like a corporate job for the company i worked for in utah so that was good um but, like, even then, I was still, again, feeling depressed. Like, I was the youngest at my corporate job by 10 or 15 years or something like that. So it felt super out of place. You know, I was 24, working with a bunch of 40- and 50-year-olds. Wasn't, like, friends with them outside of work. But, you know, I don't know. Like, part of me just really felt left out. Part of me didn't feel like... I felt like my life was just... A waveform. I started so low. The last two years of college, I was so high. Not college high, but you get the idea. And then I got into another low. And that was my life. I just like felt like I was going up and down, up and down, these constant ups and downs. And, you know, finally it got to the point where like two and a half years ago, I'd gone through another bad state mentally. So like, again, constant fluctuations with my mental health. And this time I was like, no, you know what, this is it. This is, I'm done feeling this way. I'm done feeling super shitty about life constantly. And so this is really when I started to prioritize my personal development, self-improvement, whatever you want to call it. But I started blogging every single day. And for me, blogging was a way where... I was able to release the emotions I was feeling. It, it gave me the same purpose that podcasting or any type of media source gives me. And that's the fact that I'm able to release the thoughts that I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing in life, but hope to do so in a beneficial way of helping others who might be going through the similar situations. So through this, you know, this even this podcast episode, I'd gone through college with battling depression and eating disorder, anxiety, all of this different stuff. The reason I'm open about it today is because I feel like I have this responsibility of giving back and helping to inspire other people to do the, do the same thing, to find their inner strength to overcome these obstacles. Because, again, it's something I did and I'm no different. There are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days. But, like, with this whole personal development thing, I was started blogging every single day as a way, like I said, to express myself and to really just deal with my emotions. But then I started, like, changing up my habits. So I began listening to as many motivational and positive 
podcasts as I could possibly consume because I was so in the mindset like, hey, if I just consume nothing but positivity, then I will be able to change my mindset. And this is the best thing. Like this is one of the best things that I have ever done for myself because it worked. Consuming as much positive information as you can is so crucial for your mental health. We are, as humans, the average of the five people we spend the most time around. We're the average of the five things we consume the most. And so when you consume negative thoughts or when you consume anything negative, that's what is, you know, that's what your mind is going to prioritize. To the contrary, when you think anything positive or when you have any positive thoughts and just like purposefully prioritize those thoughts, that's what your mindset's going to become. I knew that and I was starting to slowly get better. I was feeling happy. I found this sense of life inside of me that I honestly had never felt before. Like, I remember those days going through depression, just having absolutely zero hope for my future. I was like, oh my gosh, I, like, just looking back at those days, I. I thought I was going to be flipping burgers the rest of my life. Like I would have been happy with that, given the mindset that I was in. Um, but then getting this corporate job and finally starting to prioritize a positive mindset, it gave me goals to push for. And finally I started realizing, like, hey, I'm my only limit. The thoughts that I think, the actions that I take those determine my life now and my life now is going to determine my life in the future so every car ride every spare minute of my time i was listening to positive podcasts i was reading as many personal development and self-help books as i could possibly read and started implementing a lot of the strategies that i had learned in them I was waking up in the morning before work, going to a local coffee shop every single day, reading and writing for an hour and a half before work. And then by the time I got off work that day, I would go work out, come home, continue to blog, and find new ways to challenge myself. Ways that didn't necessarily require like social aspect because I wasn't big into hanging out with people uh, still not to some extent but you know really again changing my thoughts and focusing on the positives were probably the best thing that helped me out and that's like honestly what got my life back on track now maybe you're in a spot where it's hard to focus on anything positive because I've, I've been there Sometimes focusing on the positives, it can feel like such an impossibility. It's like the last thing you want to do. Um, but just to give you guys like some examples on how I've dealt with depression, if you're not big into prioritizing positive thoughts or like really just preaching positivity, try writing your thoughts down. And that doesn't have to be public in the form of a blog or anything like that. Just grab a pen and a notebook and write your thoughts down. I mean, I did that in the form of a blog. 
my purpose for doing so is to release my thoughts because when you trap these emotions inside of you I had done so for eight years and that had gotten me absolutely nowhere like those were some of the most miserable years of my life and that's because I had kept my emotions bottled up and finally they had reached this breaking point where there was no letting go they had just accumulated in my mind and just like took over every single thought and so that's why I started writing to be able to release those emotions you know that's that's something that we need to do we need to find our outlet everybody's gonna have a different outlet whether it's working out whether it's reading writing talking with people you know we're all going to have these different outlets and it's so crucial for your mental health to find that outlet and to find the one that you're going to like to do the best because without that outlet those thoughts are just going to boil inside of you they're going to consume you to eat away and suck all of the joy out of life and that's what they had done for me so that's why I started writing and for me like every single morning along with going to the coffee shop I was putting down five positive thoughts in a gratitude journal it sounds silly to think about but I still do it to this day because I want those positive thoughts first thing in the morning to set the pace for the rest of the day like the thoughts that you think in the morning they go to the forefront of your mind and so that's why you hear all of these personal development and self-improvement people say like hey whatever you want to get done throughout the day do it first thing in the morning because by the time you go to work come back home from work do you know go to school come back home from school your energy levels are going to be so much lower the likelihood of you actually achieving the things that you want to accomplish are significantly lower and so that's why you need to prioritize what's most important to you first thing in the morning because that's when your mind is at its freshest and sharpest that's when nobody else is really there to distract you and i mean like that's when you have the world at the tips of your fingers and so I really wanted to start prioritizing these thoughts so I was saying I'm grateful for this I'm grateful for that anything that had happened the day before or throughout the entirety of my life I was putting down in that gratitude journal because I wanted those thoughts to be at the forefront of my mind I wanted those thoughts to set the pace and to set the tone for the rest of my day that's something I still do and it's something that helps I mean it's helped for me another thing is talking with other people you know as I said with writing it does no good to hold your emotions and to bottle them up inside of you especially when there are other people out there that are willing to help like the thing about college especially is like that's when everybody starts to really mature you know people start to judge you less because people you know everybody's going through that vulnerable time it's such a transition for everybody and that's like the douchebag jocks in high school for the academic overachievers for really anybody everybody's going through that experience everybody 
is struggling to some extent to adapt to a new normal. And so if you open up and just talk about your feelings, you know, really you're going to be able to resonate with somebody. And other people out there get to a mature state where they do want to help. They're not going to judge you for how you're feeling because odds are, I think as, you know, the statistics talked about earlier, 44% of American college students report having symptoms of depression. And as a result of that, suicide is the third leading cause of death among college students. I, any decent person out there is going to want to do their part to help reduce those numbers. And any, indec- any indecent person out there who isn't willing to help is going to, you hate to wish bad on anybody, but those are the ones that are really going to struggle in life. And that's something I experienced as well. Like those people that just kept making fun of me, like even throughout college for being depressed and for all of those different things. Those are the ones that are failing in life now. And I don't want them to fail, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, you do deserve it, but that is a whole different thing. So just be open. Talk about how you're feeling. Let those emotions go because once you do, I mean, honestly, the weight of the world just starts to feel like it is lifted off of your shoulders. And that's really when you start to thrive. Another thing that you have to realize is that everybody has their own flaws. You know, again, going back to those kids in high school that had picked on me, I thought their lives in high school were perfect because they had friends, they were popular, they were athletic. Now, 10 years later, looking back, I can truly see how much pain that they were in. You know, some of them weren't smart enough. And so the reason they made fun of others is just a way to make themselves feel better about themselves they knew they weren't going places in life some of them had troubled homes some of them had to work harder than others just to get by and it doesn't like you don't recognize that when you're going through high school or through you know whatever time you're in you're just so caught up on wanting to be that popular person that you fail to realize everybody has weaknesses. It doesn't matter whether those weaknesses are mental illnesses, whether those are troubled homes, whether those are, you know, having to work harder just to put food on the table for your family. Everybody has their own flaws. So you can't let somebody else's flaws impact your life in a negative way. Like, that's just not... It's not wise, and it's not going to do you any good, and it's not going to do the other person any good either. So the last thing that really has helped me to cope with my depression has been to find a purpose in wanting to help others. And I mean, like, that's why I'm so open with any experience. Like, I I will sit here and talk about my depression, my anxiety, my eating disorders, um, 
you know, really like the darkest days of my life because it does me as a person zero good in keeping those emotions bottled up and it doesn't do anybody else out there any good if they don't know about them and if they if like nobody can relate like if I'm not willing to share these experiences that I've overcome in life I am not doing my part as a human to potentially save another person's life like that's a powerful voice that we all have if we're open and honest about our experiences maybe it might be able to save somebody else's life out there or maybe it might be able to just positively impact maybe it doesn't have to save maybe it can just positively impact somebody's life that's what you have to think about you might get made fun of you might be judged and like that's one of the things that was super hard for me at the beginning was you know in talking about my depression was the fact that I was so scared of being judged but really once you get it out there and once you believe in a purpose people start to see like hey you know this he has passion he's passionate about this and with that it's it's super weird to explain but like with that people start judging you less it's because once you're true to yourself you know people start to kind of go their own lane really the only time that you're judged or a time that you're super vulnerable of being judged is when you do everything in your power to try to fit in with other people because people can see through bullshit and people are incredibly smart but that's just like reality of it once you're true to yourself and once you are passionate about a cause or you know finding your purpose in life that's when you know life just kind of goes people just kind of move on and it doesn't seem like it at the time, especially if you're going through these emotions, but trust me, it, it that's what happens. Um, so dealing with mental health in a pandemic, I don't think anybody can really say like, hey, this is what you should be doing as far as coping with mental health in a pandemic, because this is the first pandemic that any of us have experienced. But, you know, it is going to be a super awkward semester or school year or hopefully not years, plural. But nobody really knows this time. The thing that's important to remember, especially as you're going through what's supposed to be the best four years of your life, is that everybody is going through this time with you. Every single college student out there whether or not they're going to classes online, whether they're or not they're going to a hybrid, or whether or not they're going to a brick-and-mortar school, going about their normal college routine, they're all impacted by this pandemic. Social distancing, having to wear masks, you know, just overall reality as a whole is completely different than what it was a year ago, than what it was six months ago. So, don't allow your struggles to I don't want to say like don't allow your struggles to flood your mind because they do just know you're not alone I think that is one of the most important things in going through depression and experiencing any mental related illness is that you're not alone 44% of American college students are with you And that is just the ones that report it. 
mental health related illnesses are only increasing year after year. And as terrible as it is to say that, we can all do a part in putting an end to it. We can all do a part in bringing awareness to mental health, especially in the younger and vulnerable age. This isn't done by bottling up your emotions or keeping them locked inside of you. Helping others is only done by fighting for a cause that you believe in and being open about that cause and sharing your experiences with others. So if you're going through these mental health related illnesses, experiencing any of these illnesses, get help. These are supposed to be the best four years of your life. Times have already changed. Don't let them change any more than they already have. It is going to be a different experience, but make the most out of it because you're not going to get these years back. Whether it's your first year of college, your fourth year of college, or if you're like me, your fifth year, make the most out of the time that you have. Make the most out of your life as a whole because every single day of it is a blessing. You know, coming from a person who almost took their own life and somehow found the strength you was fortunate enough that their parents t- turned around. Um, I can honestly say, like, it gets better. It really gets better. You just got to prioritize what's important to you. Put yourself in a positive state of mind. And be true to yourself. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Be true to yourself and make the most out of your life. It's yours to live. So take back what's yours and live it. Anyhow, that's going to wrap it up for today's podcast episode. If you guys did enjoy, please be sure to leave a rating below. Um, I will leave all of the links to my social media in the show notes below. If you guys want to come over, check them out. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. I hope it was beneficial, insightful, and helpful. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Goodbye.